0: yeah this this uh, session really gives an opportunity to uh, open up, share some of your experiences, to ask direct questions and make direct comments to us it's This is a great opportunity for a lot of interactivity and as I was praying just at the beginning before we start this session i I was receiving this. Reminder from Jesus that there's a part in the course where he says, "Really, your first your first responsibility is is to uh, is to increase motivation in the learner." And what does that mean? It's like, well, if if you can tap into that deep desire and prayer we've been talking about in our Song of Prayer weekend, if you can just begin to tap in to that prayer, depth of that energy of that prayer, then it's like you become activated, you will be drawn toward the light, you will be drawn toward the samadhi. And uh, I remember in that passage where he says, actually that's that's really your first responsibility and then that's your only responsibility because we're so accustomed to this linear way of thinking and this linear way of problem solving we have been ingrained to go for solving problems like okay what do i do first what do i need what's the first step what's the second step what's the third step what's the fourth step you know it's like that's the way we go about solving problems in this world. And for most of us it seems a little strange to, to think, to be asked, well, what's your motivation? And uh, Francis and I were just talking about a, a, a new Netflix series that we were just turned on to and about the whole series is about getting in touch with your real depth of passion. What, it, what really motivates you and, and letting that light your mind up and how it's so easy to get into roles in this world and which are filled with people pleasing and trying to please others or having some kind of set role that you feel like was given to you by your parents or by your society that you have to somehow fulfill to be a, a fully functioning citizen of the world or something and, and how there's something that just wants to light up inside you where there's so much natural passion and it, it so much takes you towards the expansion of your mind and towards the light. And even in different stories of the life of Jesus, you know, I feel like a lot of what we have in the Bible is those last three public years of his ministry. But I think we have to remember that, that Jesus seemed to come to this world not as, some of the Christians say, as God incarnate, not as, as, uh, as an enlightened being uh, who just appears in the manger and suddenly there's angels singing and all kinds of things, uh, supernatural things happening. He is a good role model because he had to learn to tap into the holy spirit and to listen and follow and take those intuitively guided really steps that come moment by moment with passion and he just did a, a lot of them over his years he he wasn't so much into the distractions of the world he couldn't he couldn't be bothered even as a as a young man of maybe 12 years old you know staying and having these excited conversations with the rabbis, when his family thought that he was part of the caravan, you know, going back to Nazareth, and actually he wasn't. He was still hanging around with these excited conversations with the rabbis, because it was his passion. At 12 years old, he was he was questioning the traditions, he was questioning the roles, He he wasn't even put off. And then famously, when they sent somebody, they came back to get him and they were, he was kind of scolded at 12 years old, like, why weren't you with your mother and your father in the caravan, and he famously said, don't you know I have to be about my father's business. Imagine yourself at 12 years old telling your parents that you have to be about your father's business. That just shows where his, his mind was. Uh, he was really tapping into that passion, and he was into those passionate discussions. It was almost like centuries before that, there were the ancient Greeks who used to sit around in the pools all day long and have these passionate discussions about what is the nature of reality? What is the what is the point? What is the purpose for all of this? You know, the Greeks were asking those questions. It's almost like Jesus at 12 years old was already lit up with his passion for finding the truth, for finding what was real. Uh, beneath this crazy, wacky world of uh, of duality, so yeah. I think that's a good place to start today with with everybody.
1: Yeah, and I think the the you know I I've read some of the questions that you submitted in, and and um, I see some questions around how to um, unify the desire so that I don't desire anything else because we know that. Prayer is, in another word, is desire of the heart. But just as David and I were talking, I was just thinking, you know, the fact that we dare to tap into what truly is most important to us in every single opportunity that is presented to us is in a way of saying what is my desire. And and for us, and for all of you to tune in right now, it's actually a way of saying, I desire this, and I desire to join the minds of the Holy Spirit, and I desire to join the people who are also sharing this passion of hearing the Holy Spirit. This itself is the desire manifested so to speak. Hmm. So what we were talking about, you know, this Netflix series was was interesting because it was recommended by um, the director and the screenwriter couple that David mentioned yesterday morning who wanted to collaborate with us to produce a series about happiness. And she said, why don't you check, check this series because I think it's really well done. And we checked it. It was about a bunch of... A successful sports people that they're in this world set up to win. It's all about winning. Their whole career, their whole life was set to, to compete and to win. And what happens when they actually lose and lose really bad? And it was the, the introduction of, oh, I thought, well, okay, maybe it is about their mentality when they lose. But ac- actually, I just watched one episode. It, it wasn't about that. It was actually, you see so clearly, They started to when this shell and this role started crumbling and fall apart, they realized they never wanted it in the first place. It's never their passion, but they play a role so fully in such a committed way to play the game of this world. And it's not really offering anything, and then when when things started to fall apart and they give themselves permission finally to admit this is not where my heart is at. And they step into this strength that is considered as weakness by the world because you don't have a role, a persona that is glorified and recognized. But this internal strength started to show up to be able to say, you know, this is what I cherish and this is what I value. And what if I hold on to that? And then, boom, the ho- a whole other world shows up in front of him and is guiding. That's I, what, what I always feel. Once we tapped into this desire and this certainty, it is actually a strength. It's a certain quiet strength. And you don't keep asking, is this this or is this that? You know it. And you hold it in your mind. Then all of a sudden the how yield to you. You don't you don't play this weak character to go out, to seek the how anymore, to go towards uh, what is bringing me happiness. No, when, once you say this is valuable to me, the whole world, the pathway, the seeming step, the rung of the ladder yield to you. And then everything that shows up becomes an opportunity to say yes, this is still what I value. So I just celebrate the fact that we are here together talking about this because it is truly valuable to us to let the spirit be the only thing that saturates our mind and be the only thing that, that is spoken through the body, to be extended through the body. And, and I feel like if we all just be so honest to ourselves and recognize that, that is our desire then this is how how we purify it this mm-hmm. is how we can truly be strong and succeed yeah yeah
0: that's it and really we're we're really seeing that this is what it means to live a life without compromise you know there's a part pretty late in the the text of a course, in miracles where Jesus says salvation is no compromise of any kind, and so you might think, what's he mean by that? Salvation is no compromise of any kind. It's to give it to you really straight. It's like if you if you have a split mind, if you if you seem to have a split mind, and and part of it is light and part of it is dark, and and consciousness is just receiving the mechanism of the mind and it's just receiving messages from the light and from the dark all the time it's just that's what consciousness is is just the receiving mechanism and so if you're receiving messages from light and dark, and, and these two thought systems, light and dark, don't have a meeting point. In fact, if they ever met, then the dark would disappear. <laughs> because if you bring darkness to light, then there's only light. And so that's the whole point of salvation, is to not compromise, to not be willing to just go with two irreconcilable thought systems, you know, to start to see, this is, this is, impossible to hold on to this split and how you do that is through this guidance that comes and through this passion, you may not get words and you may not have like clear instructions but you can start to tap into, oh I want the sense of wholeness and and I want the sense of joy and glee and happiness and so for me, the reason why we're having these Beautiful retreats like we're doing is because very simply, when the Course came, it wasn't, I didn't see it as a book. I mean, I used it kind of like an oracle, but then the whole point was to tap into the guidance. And actually, once I really tapped into the guidance, then wow, it's like going down a water slide. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, You don't hang on, don't put your fingernails into the plastic, just Pull your arms in, pull your hands in, and whoosh, go down the water slide and splash in that water. The water's warm, it's very inviting. And so, you know, my gosh, we could, that's why we tell our parables over the years of, of everything. And, and I've, we've been through this, you know. Some people say we live really radical lives, but, you know, it's not like we actually let go of anything real. We, you know, careers aren't really real, the, the, the things that we believe we needed, the things that we believe we needed to strive for, we found out they weren't real. That Samadhi movie is just this stillness yeah, you know, somebody was writing in saying, "David, in your next expression sessions, I don't have expression sessions. Sorry, <laughs> that's that. You're you're talking about something that's years ago. Not even close. We're living in a state of true joy that that comes from very focused purpose, that's very very devoted, and and we've received guidance. And yet, if you know us at heart, we're so simple, we're so clueless. We do wake up in the morning. We." We do watch the birds, we listen to the birds chirping. Now I've got people sending me birds chirping videos. <laughs> I, I was saying to Swami yesterday, look at it, it was a Swami from um, India who is sending me three, three or four clips from his backyard, and all it is is beautiful nature scenes and these loud birds. <laughs> and, I, and I'm delighted with that, you know. You know, people do send me all kinds of stuff about COVID-19 and all these other stuff, but if they knew how happy and simple I was and how happy and simple my state of mind is, they probably wouldn't be sending me some of this stuff, political stuff or this and this. You know, because we've followed the guidance, we've let go of the concepts and the beliefs and the pursuits. I mean, it's It's stunning for us that we're even sitting in a studio today with lights here and cameras and everything, because we got up this morning and it's Mexico. I I got up about 5.30 and I was like, oh, there's no electricity. So I was messaging a few people at 5 something in the morning saying, well, we've got no electricity here. I could see some lights on in the distance and everything. So we didn't even, Francis and I weren't sure whether we would be able to be here with you today because... Uh, We had no electricity. For us it's no big deal. You know, it's like everything is just working together for the good and we are beyond detached from this world. Uh, People talk about things in the news. You know, it's like the state of mind of contentment. That is the news of the day. That is the news of the moment. That is the news for me of, of my entire life. And so when people, I was kind of poking fun at this new science and non-duality conference, I saw the title was uh, uh, Calling on Wisdom at at a Time of Crisis. Why is it a time of crisis? Why would we project the crisis of a split mind onto time and call the times, times of crisis? You know, it's just like that's just how the ego works. It takes something which it invented, which is linear time, which is basically essentially neutral to the Holy Spirit, and then it calls it times of crisis. Why are these times of crisis? You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. If you start to live in the moment and you actually do follow the Spirit, and you actually are just living your joyful, gleeful, full of of happiness and passion and life, you're living, that is what life is, it's a state of mind, then you also realize that that state of mind is just so natural, but it's it's it has nothing to do with circumstances and specifics of this world. That was so beautiful, that's what the Samadhi movie was showing, we all just were hmm. watching that and, and like Eric was saying, everyone was, whoa, just was going, yielding into that experience because that's actually what's very, very natural. So, when we talk about, a lot of the questions that come in are, are very much about specifics, but but I do see that what Francis is talking about, I've seen that too, where like Lisbeth, you were saying you you heard Emily singing and then you it activated you. You were like, yes! Yes, I want to sing in joy. I want to sing in presence. I want to sing in happiness. That was a witness. Emily's singing and just being in so fully in presence was a, was a reminder to you. And then you did share, oh, there's this other thing that goes on in my mind that sees singing more kind of like on the timeline in terms of expectations and production and quality and all the typical things that, that the ego applies to everything. Analysis. You know, where's the joy in analysis? And so I love it how transparent, because your you're witness and what Emily was sharing, you know, you're showing the way of that's the answer. You're on it. You're already on the answer. You, you know what the answer is. You can feel it you can feel it wanting to come out and wanting to shine. And I think that's the value for all of us of what we're doing here all together on this song of prayer, because we want that song to come out. Mm. We really, really want that song to come out. We want to sing it from our heart. We want to sing it because it's who we are, not because of trying to solve a problem that, that really is non-existent. Some of you have heard me say that, that we can't know the problem that the plan was meant to solve. You see how, how just that line is so different from all of our problem solving uh, means we've done before, where the first step in most problem solving of the world is you have to define the problem. And Jesus is telling us you know, in lesson 135, you can't do that. You can't, you cannot know the problem that the plan was meant to solve. It's thinking you already know the problem is coming from the past. And the Jesus is teaching us that the past doesn't exist. So if your definitions of what you think your problems are as a human being, or Uh, what you're dealing with in this seeming lifetime, somehow you've got to come up with the equation. You know, like Einstein had. His equation, E equals MC squared, was an equation for relativity. That's the equation for relativity. And who you are is an absolute. It's divine light. So even Einstein wrote a letter to his uh, daughter and he said, listen, You might have to bury this or don't even, you're not going to be able to share this with any news outlet with anybody because the world's not ready to hear it. But he said my most famous equation was E equals MC squared and that was the equation of relativity and he said actually this whole world, everything is all about love. And love is the force that scientists are too afraid to find. Love is the thing that that as scientists we have have been scared about. You know, even when they would do some of their early experiments and quantum experiments, experiments, uh, you know, uh, Einstein called what he found, the connectedness that he discovered through his experiments, He called it spooky action at a distance. Spooky. Einstein called it spooky. There it was, he was afraid. But he did write a letter to his daughter saying, well, you know, it's actually all about love and as scientists we're afraid of that. So he was actually talking about how there it is. That's the fear of of God's love. That's the fear of eternity. What's to be frightened about eternity? Well, it seems, as you've brought up in your questions, it seems to imply that, that the self that you believe you are will be gone. Uh, the ego would say annihilated. <laughs> that's what the ego's stance is, that God has is, is got only one purpose, the light has only one purpose, and that's to annihilate personalities, annihilate individualities. Some of you might have even had that feel when you were watching the Samadhi movie, <laughs> like "Woo, this, this presence doesn't seem to have any connection with separation. It doesn't have any connection with personality or individuality. And, if, and that's why there's such huge reaction to the Course. When most people pick up the Course, they do have Reactions. They will write to me. I don't agree with this. Uh, You. Somebody wrote to me about a week and a half ago, and they said, "You seem genuinely happy. I've watched your videos. You actually seem genuinely happy." But I do not agree with what you're teaching. (laughs) And then the whole email went into it. You know, one thing after the next, after the next. You know, I cannot believe that this is so. I cannot believe this. You know, the whole email was. was the resistance and the reaction against it. And yet I am here with you sharing that that I made contact with that inner voice of Jesus uh, back in the late 1980s and I just have followed it with faith and trust and it hasn't brought me anything that the world would say as successful. You know, I I get a kick out of when I go onto Google, and the, some people have said, "Do you ever type in your name to Google?" And it's like, "Yeah, just to see what comes up." And okay, I like to see the different uh, searches that come up with with the name David Hofmeister. But the one that really cracks me up is David Hofmeister net worth. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew my net worth in terms of what the world calls physical possessions and money and everything, you would laugh that people are actually searching for that. As you know, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a net worth in terms of the way the world uh, kind of measures those things. It's it's really minuscule. But uh, and you'll find there are a lot of celebrities and things, and, then, and I guess somehow that, that term net worth is associated with celebrity, So I'm a celebrity with, with with no net worth in terms of the world. I would not do well on those lists, you know. It's the top hundred thousand, ten thousand. 10,000, where's David on the list? He's not even close. He's not even close to the list. Because my worth is spirit, my worth is happiness, my worth is joy, those things that like you were talking about in that Netflix show, the title of the the series is Losers. (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually kind of funny that that there's this show on Netflix, a series called Losers, and then the whole thing is about authenticity, about finding your passion, finding what's truly worthwhile. Which, believe me, I can tell you is not achieving or accomplishing anything in the world. If they tried to put down my achievements and accomplishments in the world, that would be as, just as disappointing as a list as the net worth. <laughs> I, I kind of would, I might fit on a, a, to a, uh, a list of losers. <laughs> it's like David is the most celebrated loser. <laughs> in the history of, of the world. Because if they actually investigated it, they would go, wow, there's, they're not meeting any of the criteria. But that's the fun of it, because for me, tuning into guidance, listening to guidance, following guidance, and being happy was worthy. That's where the, that's where the worthiness was for me. That, was the, that, was the, that is my net worth, is this, this moment. If you really want to know my net worth, you really have to go into the Holy Instant because you won't find it unless you join me in the Holy Instant. That's the only place you'll discover it. It's very, uh, this world is backwards and upside down, truly.
1: Yeah, even this morning, um, because we weren't sure whether we will have electricity by the time this session started, so we were just, there were a lot of text messages there's no power, power is out, power is out in Mexico. No power, and uh, and I was um, in my room, and and JP came to my room and said, "Can we? Do you want to pray um, to have the power come back?" I said, <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: don't,
1: I, "I don't really want to change. I I've, I don't really have it in me to to pray to have change what it's supposed to be." And then he said, "Well, let's just." Join in prayer anyways, so we did join in prayer, and then afterwards he said, he went so deep he discovered his true prayer that was that was at the core and and power came back, and I said, "What was it and he said, "Thy will be done and that was the thing is, and then he moved on to something else very quickly, but I was I, I I tasted that power of that short phrase. When the the phrase itself, when they are just words that will be done, means nothing. But when that phrase comes from your, come from you in such authentic way regardless of what seems to be the surface scenario that leads you to that prayer when you sit there and you you tap deeper and deeper into i want to find the authentic prayer and you get to that prayer thy will be done the power of the whole universe lies in that the power of your happiness of your strength of all the answers just lies in that union. I would say, not even the words, but the union, that you know that this is your will, that I will be done, and that is what we're here saying as a song of prayer. The song of prayer is, is a song because it is a union, and it's a realization that is already done. Mm-hmm. And then, really, the this Maya, you know, when we watched that deep movie yesterday spinning and swirling of the images, they are really just like fragmentation of the mirrors reflecting back, and yet at the same time we can still unite to say that, let them be reflecting the true will then. That's how we still seem to operate in this world. We're not really pushing them all away. We're not really going to a, a hermitage in the in the cave and saying I hate all the projections and I don't want to have anything to do with them and that is not Jesus actually is saying that it is through the relationships and and that's why you know it seems like to be the the way that leans onto our lives come to live with people is that really scary to live with people you know, you you chose your whole life to stay away from people, to, to set up your own world so that you don't have to face all this negativity that is buried. So no, come to, to live with people. It's safe. It's okay. And through that, you see that they actually reflect your innocence instead of the other way around. So that is... You know, that is another way of being, another way of living in this world. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus want us to taste.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at these flowers and it reminded me of a song from, I think it was a song from the 70s, Linda Ronstadt, but the the song was titled Love is a Rose, and then the, the chorus of the song is Love is a Rose, but you better not pick it only grows when it's on the vine. Handful of thorns and you know that you've missed it. Lose your love when you say the word mine. You know, the whole problem is the mine part. Is, is even when you see little children and they just are learning words and learning to talk and then they, they the first time they look up in the parent's eyes and they say that word, mine. <laughs> you know, and the parent is like, "Oh god what have I do- what have I done to raise, <laughs> raise my child that my child speaks the word mine, but you know that 's why for me, it wasn 't just about i 'm just going to read this course in miracle 's book and you know see what, see where it takes me and everything." I was interested in the mystics and the saints. I like to read about the, the lives of the saints all over the world. How did they live? How did they deal with things emotionally? How did they deal with things practically? Jesus would take me on road trips, you know, instead of me sitting in my room going, okay, what's the formula? What's, what should I do? Do I need to find a guru? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do this? I would just relax settle back and then I would get these guidances and instructions really for things that I was not planning to do. I had no plan to take a road trip across the United States. I didn't even know how I would even do such a thing. I didn't have like savings and I didn't have what I considered the things you need for a road trip. Take a road trip. Then I'd be out there and then I would be shown on the road trip how to listen, how to follow, how practical guidance was. That's really what the... I thought it was a road trip for a few days or weeks, you know. turned The first trip was like five and a half weeks and then another long one. Then I'm on the road for basically, for the better part of five years, learning to trust, learning to listen, learning to follow. That was letting go of possession. I admired the, the Apostles. I admired the Essenes. I admired the Franciscans. I admired Mother Teresa and the work she was doing. I actually just didn't want to think of them as living decades or centuries before I did and being far removed from me. I thought, cool, divine providence, let's, let's discover what that is through guidance. Cool, can I live a life of non-possession? Wow, that seems like a high goal in this world, not a lot of uh, people that are role models for that, who cares? The guidance will show me. Uh, and so what we end up living is we end up living this guided life that, that is so extraordinary from the world's standards because things just show up when you need them. Of course they do. That's the law of mind, giving and receiving are the same, of course they do. Uh, You know, all that I give is given to myself. Of course it is, of course it is. My attitude is teaching all the time. Regardless of the words that I'm saying, or even my actions, it's my attitude that's the teacher. If I'm joyful, if I'm happy, if I'm gleeful, that is teaching the whole universe that, that I am as God created me. We were talking on the way over. Uh, Francis, you were sharing that you watched the Samadhi movie and you were just like smiling during the Samadhi movie because you were like, the whole world is just a reflection of, of my mind. You know, you were seeing that mind is the source. It wasn't like you were, Francis, in a vast cosmos of time and space, but it's like, whoosh, it's like mind is the source. Mind is is the the activating agent of spirit, but it's also where causation is. Because we haven't left the mind of God. We were unable to leave the mind of God, hallelujah, that we could never leave the mind of God. That's an experience though, that's, you were sharing, that's like an experience. It's not somebody telling you the words, Thy will be done, and then you going, yeah, that's a good phrase, I'm going to I'm gonna memorize that. It's an actual wow, thy will be done because it's because really there is no will apart from God's will. That's impossible.
1: And there is no victimhood in that prayer. Thy will be done. You you do not complain in that state of mind. You do not see anything lacking in that state of mind. You see that your will and God's will are, are one. I don't know there are more <laughs> words to describe
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that's how, that's it. And that's what they were. Greg was talking about too at the beginning on on Friday night. Where it's like that's where that's where you see it. It's a song, and you see that you are that song. And then, and if you say to yourself, "Wow, I just I, that sounds good," but you're dealing with the practicalities of time and space. What seem to be the practicalities of of needs or wants or issues, then it's really like, bring those to the altar. You have a a powerful altar in your mind and if you bring those issues, those seeming problems that you've tried to define and so forth, but if you bring them to the altar and you leave them to the altar I will guarantee you they will disappear. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, lately, I've heard people, the group from India was saying that right after they finished studying the Song of Prayer, the day afterwards, I think, that's when the Song of Prayer video appeared for this weekend. And for those of you who have read it or haven't read it, this is from Jesus, and it came as an as a response, because Helen Schuckman, uh, Ken Wabnick was basically saying to Helen, you know... I see how Jesus is working with you and I, I still think there's more to this topic of prayer. I would love to hear more from Jesus about prayer. I know I it's impressive how he's helping you get your green pantyhose and your Borgana coat and these different things. Get the eyelash that's stuck in your eyeball, uh stuck in your you get that onto your cheek. I he he was really impressed with that, but he said there must be much more and so Ken basically said, very practically, because he knew of Helen's connection with Jesus, why don't you ask Jesus uh, about prayer? And, And then Jesus gave the Song of Prayer. Out of the whole booklet, The Song of Prayer, I've not read it for many, many years, but I can tell you the highlight. Out of the whole book, I was amazed and I thought, wow, I was just doing ooh and wow and highlighting and everything when I first went through it. But there was one line in the whole booklet that actually jumped out at me and it just lit me up, because it, it takes you right into Thy will be done. And the line that really got me, this was the line that really sprung me beyond the booklet, was the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. I'll say it one more time this is in the booklet the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need that's all i needed to tip me over the edge oh i was already wanting to go beyond the confines of this world but when jesus comes right out and says the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need it was almost like jesus was giving me permission go ahead do it you know you've You had 10 years of university, you're so practical, David. You you think you're practical, studying all these different things, learning all these different problem-solving techniques, trying to master the world. You've been trying to manifest, you've been trying to master this world for so many years. Here I've got one for you. The secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. And then when you give them over, you put them on the altar, and you actually take all those things that you think you need, and you give them to to Jesus, and you say, here, I'm going to give them all to you. He's like, yeah, that's what I've been waiting for. I want you to, to neither be careful, I want you to cast your cares upon me, for I love you so. I want you to take all those things that you think are your problems and your issues and I want you to cast them on me. You want to really do something with your problems? Give them to the Holy Spirit. Just give them to the Holy Spirit and just try that and see if that works. So the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. We okay, if you you say so, I'm going to give them to you and see what works and, and amazingly that's where you are rained down on in grace by casting your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You are rained down. You have given up your problems. Everything that you would seem to think is even helpful in the plan of awakening, it comes. When I used to sit there many, many years ago I was not really drawn to the internet, to tell you the truth. I was, I was in university for ten years and I ended up going undergrad and grad school and getting sent to these computer classes. I was not attracted to computers. I was not at all attracted to computers. And so I would go to the class and everything, but I wasn't like, ooh, goody, 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 I get to take a computer class. I wasn't drawn to computers at all. And then when the internet started to come in, I was not drawn to the internet. And then when email started to come in, even though it was like a communication device, I had been traveling around the United States for a long time and so I would do all these gatherings and people would say, did you record the gatherings? I said, no. Was I supposed to? And then years later people would say, did you at least get emails from the people that you were gathering with?" I said, no. Was I supposed to? So basically I, I had so much fun traveling around doing these gatherings in people's living rooms and barbecues, backyards, parks, basements. I had such a blast with everybody because I wasn't thinking about recording anything. I wasn't thinking about email lists. Uh, later on with when I would travel around, I remember the first time I went to Australia and, and I was talking to this friend Raj and everything and he said, David I'm going to set up a series of gatherings for you, way of the heart gatherings down here in Australia and I'll go with you to all these events and everything and uh, I'll handle, you know, I'll handle all the the money and the, the books and everything and the products and I said I said, what, what products? He said, the products? I said, what products? And he said, surely you have products. And I was kind of like Chauncey Gardner, I said, I don't know what the products are. <laughs> and he said, you, you've, if you're going to travel and speak, I'll help promote you, but you have to have products. I thought, huh, products. So, he actually spent some time there with uh, Kirsten and, and Jason and I, because he said like this thing, don't you talk about movies, don't you have, I said yeah, we got a little booklet about our movies and everything. He said, there you go, you need a product. I know somebody that can design a cover for it, we can produce it, and you know, we can turn this movie watcher's Guide to Enlightenment into a product. But it was so foreign to my mind, the idea of products. And, he, you know, he would also say, it, it helps, we'll just put this out on your mailing list. Mailing list. Oh, surely you, you've collected email addresses. I said, no, why? Surely, you. What do you how are you going to exist? without these things. You know, it was so foreign, it was so alien. All I was there for the holy encounter. You know, when you meet anyone, remember it's a holy encounter. As you see him, you will see yourself. As you treat him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. Never forget this, for in him you will find yourself or lose yourself. That's all I needed. I was just, I'm here to only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent him who sent me. I'm into the holy encounters. I was not interested in emails, I was not interested in products, I was not interested in in organization. And you know, I realized too that when I traveled even to other countries, South America or whatever, I'd have a little brief call usually with somebody and then we just, uh, Maureen and I did this, actually was that yesterday, we had a brief little call, we joined with somebody from Colombia, uh, from Bogota, and then all of a sudden an entire event gets set up from a brief little call, and that's the way it was always going for me. So when I would go down to Cali, Colombia or to different places, the course facilitator would have contacted, they had an email list, they had all these things, they would contact, contact, and then there'd be a hundred and some people in some big auditorium I just thought, wow, this is quantum. Like I just show up and and everybody shows up and sometimes they'd even bring in simultaneous translators and booths and do all these different things. But to me, I have my job is just to be happy. And that's it. And I think that's what we're trying to get at is that's how simple this really is. If God's will for you is perfect happiness and all you want to do is join, say you know, thy will be done. Thy will is for perfect happiness. So if you're happy then the whole universe is happy because there is no world apart from your mind. What kind of God would set up a world where you could be happy and other people could be sad? Or you could be healed and whole and other people could be broken? You know, God would never have anything to do with such a fractured, crazy, that's an egoic projection that there's people suffering outside of your mind you know if you if you want to maintain that belief you you can do that but you're not going to be happy I think Mary too Mary Mary Straub was writing in and I think Mary you were writing you were saying you're still having trouble with this uh, social justice thing you know like there's you're having nighttime dreams where it's starting to you know, you're getting stirred up with your nighttime dreams and you're still having trouble really grasping this idea of uh, there's no social justice. Jesus has a whole section in the Course called the justice of heaven where he's saying, yeah if you're looking for justice heaven is your state of mind. If you're looking for fairness go to God. God is fair. Heaven is fair. If you're looking for happiness Go to God. Heaven is happiness. But you're not going to find fairness in fragmented perception. Uh, You're not going to find happiness in fragmented perception. You won't find continuity in fragmented perception. You won't find any true sense of of peace or blessing or intimacy in fragmented perception. I had a a friend uh, Celeste uh, wrote to me from, uh, from France, and she was basically saying, how do we deal with protest, you know, like, it, can, can I be in my right mind uh, and be aligned with God and be protesting? It seems like if I'm protesting, I must be going against something. I must believe there's some external thing that's not right, or I have to be protesting against it. And she said, like, how does this work? And I wrote back, yeah, true empathy means you stay with what's real and what's true, and you stay with the real thoughts in your mind. Period. That's it. Uh, what, what does true empathy have to do with social justice? Nothing. Uh, are healing and atonement related? They're identical. <laughs> they're not even related, they're identical. But what is atonement, or what is healing, but to be in your right mind, you know? That's all Jesus is asking us of us. Is he's just saying, please put everything that you perceive on the altar and give it to me. Bring your misperceptions to the altar of your mind, like that bright light that's right behind your head. <laughs> it's like, that's like the altar of Earth right there, your, your green screen, your background. And, and that beautiful light is so precious, and he's just like saying, bring everything of you misperceive about Earth, bring that to the light, and it will disappear. Now, there are some people that tell me, you know, David, what you're talking about? You sound like you, are, you have lo- you do not have all your marbles. You have, you are not playing with a full deck. Uh, you are not speaking in practicalities. I say, what do you mean? This is the most practical, this is the only practical thing that there is, is true empathy. Admittedly, Jesus says that's one of the harder concepts to grasp, because when you start to grasp that one, well the whole course becomes really simple. Then then you don't have resistance, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole point of believing that there's an external world outside of your mind, that is the issue. Uh, there was the, the woman, uh, what was her name, Shah from uh, India, that was saying that she, she got into, you got into the whole, all the course and my teachings and everything because of one word, quantum. You said, ooh the, that word quantum just lit my mind up when I heard quantum and then I saw your book Quantum Forgiveness. Well what is quantum except the experience that everything is unified. That's what quantum field means. Everything is unified. What did the early quantum physicists, the, the pioneers back about seven 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 and a half decades. Anybody who's not into quantum should know that quantum is not brand new. Quantum's been around for like over seven decades. So, we can't, you can't go, oh yeah, that's that newfangled science. No, it's actually not newfangled. It's been around for over seven decades. And what the quantum discoverers discovered was, there was no world apart from consciousness. There was no world apart from the perceiver. That the the perceived and the perceiver were one. That's what they discovered. Well, there goes Newtonian Uh, science out the window it's gone in that discovery that's what science was always set up to do was to, to know, to discover well with that discovery right there that just brought an end to the belief in an external world, an empirical external world now does that merge with the great perennial wisdom, yes it does what do you think our whole Samadhi movie was about showing that there's no inner and there's no outer even Ken was noticing. He was telling me on the way in in the parking lot. He was he was saying, uh, "Did you hear it in in the movie yesterday? It said there really aren't enlightened people." <laughs> and I, I've been talking about that for for decades. And it's like it was in there. It was in the movie. There's no enlightened people. What does that do to gurus? Well, that just shoots your your all your concepts of gurus, you know out of the window there, because why? Because there's no world apart from what you think. That, that who you are is the meaning of the world. There's even a workbook lesson in A Course in Miracles where Jesus says, you are the goal the world is searching for. I'll run that back again. You don't hear that typically in religions. You are the goal the world is searching for. With the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is within you, the word within, Jesus tells us, is actually unnecessary. The kingdom of heaven is you. That's in the Course. The kingdom of heaven is you. That is a way of saving you time from struggling about that word within. How many times have you went over that phrase from the Bible, the kingdom of heaven is within you, and you said to Jesus, what does that mean? What does what within mean? It's not, it can't be within my body. What does what within mean? Jesus is taking you away from that question because he's eliminating the word. He's saying, the kingdom of heaven is you. You are the essence of everything. And then there's one point where Jesus says in the workbook, many great people have come to remind you that the Savior of the world is you. It's like He's coming from every angle. The kingdom of heaven is you. You are the goal the world is searching for and then in case you missed it, many great people have come to remind the world that the Savior is you. That's reflecting that workbook lesson, Salvation comes from me. When he's talking about the mind, he's not talking about personality cells. You, it wouldn't make no sense if you said, the salvation of the world depends on me, and you put your personality self-name in there, because that's not it. But if you say the salvation of the world depends on Christ, you see how that works? That's, that's, that's you. That's the Christ. That's, that's the you. That is the me. The salvation of the world depends on Christ. And maybe we have a friend who was writing in, help me see the, the, gold, the inner golden Buddha. You could put the word Buddha in there for heart edge, gill. You could say, the salvation of the world depends on Buddha. Put, put the word Buddha in, if, if that is what resonates as the, the divine allness you put that word in there, but you see it's not the personality, it's not the mask that is the savior of the world, it's the reality of the spirit that you are, that is the savior of the world. Of course, that's the samadhi. That's the samadhi. We were walking up the steps to come into this room and and Francis was saying yeah it's like you can't, this just is beyond the words, you know. She, I just don't even know how long I'll be saying these words. And, and you saw when Slava sang her song that that she stopped in the middle of the song and she, then she said sorry and then she started again. I got to hear the rest of the story like when we, when we left. She was singing one line in that song which was the line encouraging really to to let it all go and she did in the middle of the song, she let go of singing the song and then something came right back and said sorry and then continued on the song, but she's told me afterwards she said as we were leaving she said, you know, I don't feel bad about that song and I said yeah, and she said I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sing many more of those songs at all, either, because in the middle of that song, I so much went into the line that the song was coming through me, that I couldn't, I couldn't continue at that moment. There was nothing to continue. It was, it was totally, talk about complete. It was complete right there. And she had, she had disidentified so completely, with the singing of a song, right in the middle of a song, that that was like a witness of the line I was telling you, the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. Even the need to finish a song was gone in one instant. There's another line that Jesus says where he says, a teacher of God can heal the world without a sound, without a sound. So if you start to associate this teacher of God idea with words, and certainly, you know, the shy David who didn't want to speak at all, the shy David who didn't have a girlfriend till he was 27 years old, the shy, quiet, timid David, who certainly would not have said, Oh, Jesus, use me, let speak through me all over the world. That's the last thing uh, that David would have actually said. And now, I'm giving you this line, The teacher of God can heal the world without a sound. That's where we're pointed towards Samadhi that's where you start to realize you don't need a teacher of God's self-concept. All you need is the willingness to be still and know. All you need is the desire of your heart for that song of prayer. And everything else is involuntary from that. There's no doer with it. If you really tune in and you tune in to the love you have for God, that's it. You've done your part. And everything that would seem to come from that will seem very expansive and seem very mystical. I'm seeing Susan Jameson. you, you wrote in your beautiful encounter uh, where you, with your, your symbol of Bernadette that you received. Uh, maybe you could just share just how profound that was for you because it was, I think, Easter, you with uh, the coronavirus, you know, you were going to a place that's usually packed full on Easter, but this Easter, which is very recent, you actually showed up there and went through a very mystical kind of, of experience and it was totally unexpected and thats it was just the prayer of your heart, you were just in the song of prayer.
3: Thank you, um, I love you all so much. And I was listening to you Sunday morning, Easter morning, and it was so happy and so much fun. Um, I, I wrote to you from, well, but I, I went to the Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, and it's one of my favorite places in the world. I've actually seen you all there, David Francis, anyone who wants to come someday, maybe we'll visited together. I was actually there with Greg and Jenny. Um, It's a very beautiful place and Kristen. Um, So I just felt the strongest prompt after listening to you to go there on Easter. And it was a very, very beautiful day here. And like you said, normally there would be 10,000 people at least there on Easter Sunday. So I'm walking, and there are a few people there, very devoted people who are picking up flowers from the staircase of this gorgeous sanctuary. And I thought, well, I can walk around the grounds there, but I actually felt to go to the grotto. There's a replica of St. Bernadette's grotto, which I feel very drawn to. So I'm just walking, walking. At the time, I actually received a text from my friend, Holly, who told me about that grotto originally. And it was like, wow, Holly's writing to me. She was living in Ohio, she just came back. And I said, oh, I'm gonna make a little film. So I filmed that I was walking to the grotto, which is where she told me to go 25 years ago. So I go and there's no one there. I'm sitting on one of the benches and I'm just in a, in a prayer. It's just a beautiful place in nature, it's outside. There's a little statue of Bernadette and a statue of Mary. Um, My understanding is that the, the visions that she saw were not really of Mary, they were of Jesus. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of the beautiful sessions with you in the morning and just feeling so happy and so grateful that I start writing you a little message about the little crystal egg I found that morning. That's another story. So suddenly, I'm sitting there silently, and I felt a presence of someone behind me. So I very slowly turned around, and there was a woman. I don't know when she came. She just appeared. She was sitting there, and she's very friendly. And she said, may I play you a song? And I was like, sure. (laughs) I'd love to hear a song. No one ever says a word, everyone's always silent at this grotto. But this woman comes, she appears, she goes, I'd love to play you a song. So I said, Yeah, and I turn back around, and she plays the song of Bernadette on her little phone, but it was quite loud. So I'm sitting there and I I felt like I was dissolving. I felt like a child. I was just crying and weeping with joy, and feeling the presence, just the presence of love and peace. And I I was just so grateful. And I couldn't stop crying. And then the music stops, and I slowly look at this woman, and she's like, "Ah," you know, so happy. And I just thanked her so much. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And then she said, well, may I approach you? And I'm like, oh, actually, wait. First she said, I have something to tell you. She said, I just came from seeing her. And I'm like, seeing who? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I didn't say a word because I was like in awe. And she goes, I just came from seeing her. I went. So I was silent. And she kept talking. And she said, I just came from Nevers, never France. I just came from seeing her may I give you a gift? So although everyone, you know, is keeping this protocol of six feet away and all that, it it didn't even cross my mind. I, I said, sure, yes, please. So she comes up to me and she hands me a little book of Bernadette and she goes, this is for you. It's from Nevers and I'm guided to give this to you. And like this, I was just looking at her and crying. And um, just feeling so grateful, so grateful. I've been to Lord's France, where the healing waters are, but I've never been to Nevers, <laughs> and I've always wanted to go. And actually, it was interesting because Bernadette's form, you know, the, the uh, symbol of her is, is in a crystal box that everyone can see. And that morning, I had found the crystal egg. I have the egg and that little book on one of your books, David, behind me. Um, so then I was just sitting there, you know, just feeling all this love and all this peace. And as I wrote to you, I don't remember who left the grotto first. I have no recollection of what happened next, none. I don't know how long I was there. I have no memory of that except that I I remember walking back up the hill and the sun was shining. I've taken lots of photos of the sun from there and just feeling so, so in love, so guided, you know, knowing that I could really, really trust God. I mean, that was it. I felt this union of God. And for me, it was like, thank you, God, because that is my song. That is my song of prayer to know you, to trust you, and to, to know that guidance, to know your presence. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> thank you, Susan. Thank you. And just like when I read the, the Song of Prayer, and my the one line that I remember from the Song of Prayer <laughs> of the whole booklet is, the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. from your parable now, I will just go forth in my day smiling just from the name of the town that you told me. Because because Jesus tells us that the atonement, which is the sole responsibility, the atonement is the awareness that the separation never happened. And the the name of the town (laughs) in your parable is nevers. If I ever have to live in any town, that's that's where I'm living every day. I'm in Nevers. Nevers.
3: <laughs>
0: I'm mean, next time somebody says what what town do you live in in Mexico? I'm going to say Nevers. That's that's now become my adopted town, Nevers. <laughs> it's got to be the Neverland. best Neverland, right? That's it.
1: Yeah. Even reading that line in your. Question got me into this place because I didn't know that was an actual place, just I'm coming from Nevers.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, wow.
3: <laughs> she kept saying it, and I'm just staring at her Nevers, Nevers, <laughs> Nevers. I'm like, what? Yeah. It was crazy, it was great.
2: Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Those, those are some of the most mystical moments that we have. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, I remember there, there's a famous singer uh, who, who writes to me on and off, Christ, Christian Linder, I think, and, and, and um, mm-hmm. there's a very mystical song, a music video. Let it
1: go.
0: No. No, it's, uh, it's, it's but the lyrics are nothing. He says, nothing, nothing. Nothing. nothing ever, ever yeah. nothing, you know, it's just very, <laughs> every time I see that music video, i am just, <laughs> just totally gone from the world, but, but the the lyrics are very much in line with that, you know, that's the chorus. And he says, nothing, 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 nothing ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the chorus. So this is what I mean by, for us, you know, this is not some kind of a this is not a performance, this, this is not a, uh, a real ministry, this is not, you know, we don't live as if we're living in the dream. Because as you go deeper and deeper into forgiveness you start to realize, experientially, this experience of dreaming. It's like more and more, it just gets stronger and stronger about this dreamer of the dream. We've done retreats on that, you know, I'll be talking to Ken, he's like, Oh, he gets all excited, I'm all excited about the dreamer of the dream. Because that's the quality of, of what forgiveness is. There's actually a point in A Course in Miracles, because many teachers and talk about the Course in Miracles be a, is about forgiveness say so it's really it's all about Jesus teaching forgiveness, and there's actually one point in A Course in Miracles where Jesus says that that the function of God's teachers is awareness of dreaming. He comes right out. He talks about forgiveness is your function. That's one of our lessons. Forgiveness offers everything I want, you know, and this and this, and then he says, the function of God's teachers is awareness of dreaming. So, our message really is like, relax. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. A lot of times the questions, uh, like Burnt, Burnt, you were writing and we were talking about your uh, question, Burnt, because you had had that powerful experience when you were over in Majorca, at the center in Majorca, where you Kind of came in the presence of Jesus, and and then you you noticed you were afraid uh, of of that, and then you started the next step. You you said, "What well, I'm a I'm afraid of the light. I'm am actually afraid of the light." Well, what that's important to come to that awareness because then you even become a little more humble and just a little more open when you start to realize that that you're afraid of that light. But, Francis and I were talking about you this morning before we sat down here and because we were saying, we just love your sincerity, we feel your willingness, and we also know from our experiences that, that no one can go beyond their level of readiness. So. It was almost like when when you were reading through the question that Bernd wrote in, you were saying you felt it was a little bit like he was trying to kind of figure out what, kind of like Jonas, what, what am I not doing? Very or,
1: hard on yourself. Hard on um, wan- yourself. Wanting to, yeah, just uh, second-guessing the motive. Even I know that you are working on projects as inspired and as guided, but after... Before long, the ego comes in to to question your motive of doing anything and saying, what if this is from the motive of self-improvement and what if this is from the motive of wanting to attach to a form outcome? Like It's like what David was saying. The ego wants to join the party along the way all the time. But actually, I read something recently. Jesus said the ego... um, it's intense for the ego because the ego wants to join, but he's not part of the party. It's you and I, and he's not really invited. So that's why <laughs> <laughs> the he's ego, <laughs> the ego is like kicking and screaming and want every chance to make you feel that you're not all powerful or strong and you can subject to errors over and over again, and you have no power over the ego. That's his own yeah, voice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, we're just speaking to you from, from the spirit. Like, when I see you, burnt, I, I feel you have such huge sincerity. I've communicated with you over the years. Even when you've gone through these expansions in awareness and expansions of mind, and then you've openly commuted, like, communicated to your girlfriend, and then you've just been so willing to accept whatever happens... When you do that, I see that as a huge sign of your willingness. I see that when you came there and you were working on the website, pair uh, very patiently there in uh, in Spain. You're just letting the spirit use your skills in uh, in web building and web mastering for the greater good. And for those of you that don't know, you know, burnt is working on. This, he's making a movie. He's making a Course in Miracles movie. And, and he already went and filmed Michael Stillwater, and he was uh, planning to interview uh, Francis and I as well. We're still open to that if, if things, if air, airports open up and airplanes begin flying again, and so on and so forth. But here you are with all your sincere devotion, letting your skills, abilities, take you and to work on collaborative projects for the whole Sonship, for the whole universe, and following your passion, expanding. I, I always think of you as one of the ones who's so willing to keep expanding, expanding. And then when you are joining us now and you're writing in your question, it's just, it's that ego in there that's going, you know, all oh, burned. You're just using the movie making, you're using all these things to defend against the light, and the Holy Spirit's like saying, no he's not! (laughs) He's he's using using it for me! (laughs) He's not defending against the light, and also you're just, you have to learn to be content with your readiness because I think a lot of people who are writing into us are like saying, please there has to be a way where I can increase my readiness. like I'm willing, but i must I must not be ready for the light because I'm too afraid of the light uh, there's you, you should never feel like you have to somehow evaluate readiness because readiness is something that everybody's trying to put it into time and space terms, like okay, I'm willing, but maybe I'm not ready, but what can I do they They mm-hmm. think if I'm not ready. Uh, That must be a a defective thing. I must be defective. If I go back to Jesus for an example, you know using a symbol of reincarnation, you know, Jesus had reincarnations, we'll say from that metaphor uh, or bestowals where he seemed to uh, go through this incarnation thing. It's just these are just concepts. It's kind of like just switching the the channels. But he went through that, and then when it was time for him to completely transcend time and space, we have this bestowal that happened 2,000 years ago, where he just transcended the ego entirely. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You know, there it was. I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah! Touchdown! (laughs) For humankind, humankind is dark, 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 for centuries, centuries, millennial, dark, 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 dark. Touchdown! We've got a score there. I amness has has realized itself, and and that's great for all, all of us. But Jesus, he if he was thinking during his lifetime, am I ready? Am I ready <laughs> for the light? There's no there's no resurrection if if he gets caught into the "Am I ready?" Uh, question. You imagine Jesus starting to doubt. You know, going to forty days in the desert. You know, am I really ready to do this this ascension thing? This whatever this thing is. It's it it hadn't been done, we'll say, before that metaphorically. So I just feel like the ego is trying to in a very sneaky way it's trying to question and doubt your sincerity and i can tell you the holy spirit we're just we love your sincerity we we feel like you're going with your readiness and you're giving it your all to be of service and that's what will wash away the fear and the doubt and the resistance your your comfort zone your ego comfort zone is getting stretched all the time, you know, in your relationships, it's getting stretched. In you doing this film, a course in miracles film, uh, that's that's a, a project for sure, and it's stretching you out of out of your past comfort zone. So I think that's what we want to really say. Just like I said to Jonas yesterday, uh, and like I was I was saying to a couple of different people, I really feel like we're here to cheer you on and to say thank you for your steps of willingness that you're taking because they are truly blessings for all of us and we feel it. We hope to be able to be filmed and recorded by you if, whenever that is going to be. <laughs> we have to leave that to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> thank you. I'm also feeling like, um, who was it you were talking to recently, Krista? Krista, yes. Krista, Krista, this is your first time on with all of us, and uh, I saw you the other day. I saw your hand, there it is again. And I think one of the most important things that you can do uh, is when you show up here and you speak to us and to all of us, that kind of is like an icebreaker, because... uh, and I feel like we were talking about you because Frances said she's done some call, a call counseling call. We were feeling that we would really like to hear from you today just as a way of having you relax and, and open up and... <laughs> it's always that little hump, <laughs> to go over the hump.
4: <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, okay, I'm really nervous. Um, I found the course like a um, few months ago, and since that that um, okay concentrates, um, I fell in a, in a really deep uh, depression like over and over and over again and uh like uh one and a half years ago it was really 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 uh deep and dark and and some and now I'm at home without a job and somehow the course came into my life and the first few um days I was really really excited and I met someone a few um um, houses away from here who, who did the course also so I was really surprised um, and I'm not even sure what happened how it all went because I've'm forgetting so soon um, well oh what I would like to share is I did um, like uh, uh, five days of lessons and I was something in me is really excited and something in me is, is really, really, really scared. So that is why I am on lesson 30 now in like six months. Um, but after lesson five, um, I had a moment that I walked down from, uh, from the supermarket, I walked home and suddenly it was like, I was, I was looking at houses and streets and cars and Suddenly, it was—it was like um, I looked at a, a painting or something, just like I was in a, a children's playground. Or n- nothing was real. It was all um, now. I really can't explain it. And there was a, a sudden. Um, there was a moment when, and I. I really don't know if, if that's my thinking or whatever it is, but I, I suddenly saw that God is not far, far, far away, beyond the stars, beyond the clouds, but um, also not even the most, the tiniest spot possible. And if, I can't explain it. I can't give words to it, but it was a flash, like, <laughs> everything stopped. It was really amazing. So, um... I'm turning very red, I think, like really, (laughs) but, um, so now, now my life is like, uh, getting up in the morning and then I hit like a wall of fear and I, um, it's like, I have to move on and move on to, to even survive. Let walk my dogs, uh, feed myself. Um, and I think I'm, for for months or even weeks, I'm only looking at your videos and um, reading the course or not reading the, it is it's like there's, nothing else is going on in my life besides uh, sleeping, eating, walking the dogs and, and being busy with the course. And so then uh, I I think it's like two weeks ago or, and I thought, wow I have nothing i I do not dare to speak up to anyone so i've i I googled Francis and i said wow i can I can really send you an email you're a, you're a really <laughs> a person on the same earth as where I'm seem to be walking. and um so i just i i wrote you a message i was like wow i i wanna get everything out but I don't um know um to um so I wrote Francis and I, I I wrote her can can I send you a really long email and just get everything out that's on my mind and she said yeah sure and I was so surprised so I I think I I wrote back to you wow are you on the are you really on this planet or something like that <laughs>
2: and
4: then a few days a few days later I I suddenly wrote wow um and is it even possible yet in in your schedule to have maybe a, a, a Skype meeting? And you said, yeah, sure. It was really, it was so, um, well, overwhelming. I feel like there's something's happening that, um, I don't know how to describe it. Some, some kind of um, another chance, another doorway, another. I don't, and I have to keep reminding myself. I'm, I'm not the one who has to, um, who has to do this. Who has to push myself? It's okay to rest. It's okay to. Um, give myself over although I don't know how to yet it's really exciting and I have to say this weekend the fear level was so high sometimes that just think, wow where's this going but Somewhere, somewhere deep down, it's it, it feels like yes, this is the only way. Yeah.
0: Thank, yeah. You. thank you, thank you, thank you, Krista. That's so beautiful. That just that to me, that encapsulates everything. That just with your willingness and to reach out and then to to speak up here and to participate with us, you know, that says so much in the face of the fears and the doubts, but also that you've just lost your job, you know, that you, you can start to see, wow, I have time here uh, on my hand. And uh, I think Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a, was it a famous you Pray Love? love. Yours is, is Eat, Sleep, Walk the Dogs, and Course in Miracles. <laughs> so maybe that will be a long title of a movie uh, someday if you write it all down. <laughs> In the theaters near you, <laughs> eat, sleep, walk the dogs, and course in, wake up with a coursing here <laughs> so, Thank you. Thank you, Krista. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I, I really like to see with you and uh, our friend in India uh, who spoke at the beginning about when the group just finished the Song of Prayer um, study, then this retreat came in. I'd love to see that you know, once we just know, hold in our heart what is important, then the the way shows up to us. It's like one step at a time when we talked, and I really had this retreat strong in mind. So I invited you, and you're like, I don't know anybody. i mean, Holland, which I know there were hundreds of Course in Miracles friends in Holland, but you, you don't know anybody. And you come on to the retreat. You say, is there any expectations No, no, there is no expectations. You can just show up. You don't even have to do anything. But this is just the spirit, like, you don't have to do anything. And you just say, yes, I'll give you the steps. I'll give you everything. And I just love that, the the simplicity and the flow of, of our prayers being answered. The answer just flows to us, like what you said, rains on us yeah.
0: yeah it just comes raining down because i think that most of the questions and struggles that i hear when people are writing into me and everything is that it's back to what i was saying if you're still in the the egoic mode of of problem solving which is that you have to define the problem first that's not the way this awakening goes as Jesus says it's in Lesson 135, you know, you, you can't know the problem that the plan was meant to solve. Some of you enjoy watching movies like I do over the years, and some of you are, might remember Harrison Ford starring in those uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom and those things. And uh, there's the one movie where Sean Connery is in the place his father. And his father, at some point in the movie, he's, he's been injured and he's very ill. And so, Indiana Jones has to leave his father's side because he has to go on this journey to, to help save the day for his father and for, for everyone. And basically he comes out and it's this big canyon, deep, deep canyon, and he's got to go Step. across to the other side, and, and he needs to step out in faith. He, he's basically given instructions. You have to take the, make, take the first step. So he comes out, and he looks, and it's just this huge canyon, the big drop off thousands of feet down, and there's no bridge. Uh, he looks, and he can see the, the, on the other side there's a, a, the cave where he's supposed to continue walking. But he's got his instructions, which is basically he has to take that step of faith, that leap of faith. And everything that he knows from the world, and everything that the past has taught him, is telling him, you take that step, and you will fall to your death. And yet he's got this instructions that no, now this is the leap of faith. You have to take the step first. Now, to the world, the world would say, and the ego would say, and the past learning would say, don't take that step because if you take that step you will f- fall to your death. And yet he had to trust beyond his five senses to take that step. So it looks like he is stepping out into air. He, You can see his leg go out and and He's got his eyes closed and he opens them and he puts, and he steps out into what seems to be just air and his foot lands onto something solid, but invisible to his perception. So he took, he took the step, like Krista you took the step of writing that long email to Francis uh, first asking her if you could do it, then doing it, and then you actually had a call with her and you see you took those steps not even knowing if Francis was actually a real character on the planet, or whether she just somehow <laughs> appeared <laughs> on your screen. Uh, you know, it's like, well, we'll see if she's there or not, And and Indiana Jones has to step out into what seems to be air in a very steep canyon and he's his foot lands on something solid, he still can't see it. And then, he takes the next step, and the next step, and it looks in the movie as if he's walking on air. You know, it's one thing to walk on water, but walk on air. I mean, that's, that's even a step beyond what Jesus was doing, walk on air. He walk, so he takes these steps all the way across this canyon, on what seems to be air, like he's walking on air. When he gets to the other side, his, he shifts his head and it because of his perspective shifting, he can actually see the, the, the way that the rocks were and everything, It was a, it was an optical illusion that there wasn't anything there, but there actually was something there, it just wasn't visible to him. As soon as his perception shifts ever so slightly, he can actually see a faint Bridge, uh, actual a bridge across there, which he could not see before, and then he throws pebbles across it for the next person that comes, so Mm -hmm. that the people, the next person that comes, will see the pebbles. That's all I've done in in my Mm -hmm. life. That's all we're doing. We've taken so many leaps of faith that went against everything that we knew from the past. You know. I mean, I grew up as a Christian, so I I learned about Jesus, but as far as Jesus being a living presence in my life, that seemed to be a whole other thing entirely. As far as Jesus speaking to me, like in conversational terms, like a little bird on my shoulder telling me do this, go call so-and-so, go visit so-and-so, giving me instructions, that was not something I was raised with in Christianity, you know, you could pray to God, but My parents never said, and Jesus will talk to you in very conversational terms, he'll guide you all through your life, don't listen to us, listen to Jesus, don't worry about your education, don't worry about, you know, having a relationship or getting married or giving us grandchildren or all the, don't worry about anything, just listen to Jesus, he'll talk to you very directly and he'll tell you everything that you need to know. No, they didn't. They didn't teach that in Sunday school either. <laughs> you know, it's like that would have been could have been helpful. I probably would have been really. But what we've done is we've simply followed the guidance, and how has it worked out? It's worked out spectacularly, because even though our lives are not ordinary or normal or average by any sense of the word, we don't even know what's going to happen. Everything we didn't even know we'd be able to be here with you. Because the power was out this morning, I was thought I might be sitting listening to the birds all day. I have no idea, but even this cluelessness is a great gift from God. Because you don't need to know what's in the script, you don't need to know about the future, you don't you don't have any cares, you have no worries, you have no concerns, you have no doubts. These are all get peace of mind is no small gift, but we've basically just followed the guidance and we've stepped out where we weren't sure what was if there was anything there we couldn't we couldn't see the bridge when frances went through a divorce and she sold her business and she sold her houses and she let go of all the things that her mother probably would say were all your your safety status symbols that will make you have a good life, when Frances basically chucked them all, <laughs> she was like doing like Indiana Jones. She was just stepping out to be used by the Spirit and she really was trusting Jesus and trusting the Spirit in a big way. In fact, you've said before that it didn't seem like it was such a big deal when it was happening because you felt so guided and you were just following the guidance. So, it wasn't blind faith, you were actually feeling the guidance. And I think that's just a witness for everybody. You can trust your heart, and as you clear your mind away, you, you know, just like burnt your willingness, Francis had had a lot of willingness, and you also just kept pace with your readiness. I think you, you didn't try to do something that you weren't ready for. You were actually ready to let go of some of those uh, constructs and symbols.
1: Yeah, and we, we do want to trust that we have access to that. We know when the guidance comes at us, we know that. You know, it's kind of sometimes the ego want to tell us, no, you're so lost, you don't know what is guidance. No, you, you have a feeling, you know it. You know what feels expensive, what feels right, what feels in accordance with the most integrous desire of your heart. You know that step when it comes and it's just a matter of saying yes and try it out. And that that is, is is exactly I feel like that's almost like the theme. Don't compromise what you know is your calling and play a role that isn't really good enough for you. This world a role in this world is not is not good enough for us because we're bigger than a role in this world. So we have to allow ourselves to, to go toward that one step at a time and be very humble as well to say I don't really, I can't really just leap from here to the center of the universe in, in realization or experience but we do go one step at a time like a turtle but very solid, yeah. solid and steady, you know
0: yeah. yeah, I think if some of you watched that movie, the Samadhi movie yesterday, and, and then afterwards you, you felt very relaxed and very comfortable, and then you just tuned into your heart, and you tuned into your heart and you, you said, yeah, Well, I'm, I'm not ready for Samadhi. It's like burnt going inside, going, I'm not, I'm not just going to jump into that light. I'm actually afraid of that light, but the roles that you had in the past, like we were talking, it's like with Sima, you know, I was talking Sima. I was saying that yesterday. I was saying, Sima, you've played the role of the mother. You really did play that one. Bravo! I think Academy Award. Uh, you did a very good job, Sima, as the mother. Uh, really good, dutiful daughter too, uh, to your Indian parents, in in New York. You know, you you've been, you've done the dutiful daughter, you've, you've actually been the, the mother, and hats off to the doctor role too. Uh, Dr. Seema, you've, it's bravo. You know, it's like we're all like, we're just giving you an ovation. You played those roles so beautifully and you did it so well, and now there's some more roles that are coming that are taking you towards the samadhi. And all you can do now is welcome those roles. I can I can tell you're ready for it too. I can tell that there's a part of you that's like, yeah, I I okay, thank you. I'm glad to know I got I got an ovation for those other roles. Sometimes they were hard. But you were like Meryl Streep, you know, you aced it. You just aced those roles. You maximized them. And now there are there are roles that will come that you still will be able to relate to as roles. You know, it's not like Jesus says in the course, don't be afraid that you'll get hurled into reality. Jesus even says, you will not be hurled into reality. You're not going to be like Sima going, ah, I just have absorbed in oneness. You, you actually, there's some roles still coming, but isn't that fun, that's like Greg talked about, that's the adventure of accepting the new roles that come. And, and accepting the adventure of that. So that's where your peace of mind comes in. You know, it, it's like when Francis was transitioning from a lot of these roles, you know, business owner, and and wife, and, and daughter, uh, and all these different, ed- educated, and all these different things, a lot of some of the same things you've gone through, she wasn't giving her mind over to the fear of, oh my God, I'm just going to step into the abyss now. You know, I, I, I at least before they were familiar roles and, and I could play them, but now, you know, she wasn't thinking it was an, an abyss, she was just thinking, oh, it's, it's like an adventure and, and it's time, like that's the most important thing. She could feel like, now is the time. Underneath that, now is the time feeling was more, spirit will give it to me. Spirit will show the way. Spirit's going to make it obvious for me what roles I will step into. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit exchanges roles where it helps us go into more expanded states of mind and yet we're not the ones individually or personally that are choosing the roles. And, And maybe it never seemed that way for you. I know you said when you were just a little girl uh, your whole family kind of gathered around you, and they were like we 've got a doctor among us in the in our Indian family. See now, over in America, you know we just don 't have those kind of scenes, but this is India, you know this is mystic india that it 's like a prophecy. We have a doctor, she has arrived, you know, and then dutifully you <laughs> you you grow up, you play the dutiful daughter you you honor the traditions, you honor thy mother and father, and you honor everything, and you go through and you did it well. You played that doctor role really well, Then you did the life coach, and now metaphysical life coach. You know, you can see how the Spirit's been bringing in more expansive roles, and, and you can welcome them. And I think all of us, it's a good example for all of us that, that that's the way it goes. So even with Krista there in your room, you know, you're home, you just lost your job, but, but Seema's here to show you that it's wonderful. It's wonderful the way it goes. Don't, you may have fear right now, but there's a wonderful uh, plan that is, is going to unfold. <laughs> and you're part of it. So that's really beautiful. Thank you, Seema. Well, Eric, do we have any hands up? There, we, there's so many uh, questions that have come in, but actually we love these live, these live interactions. Maybe we should just check and see if there are some digital hands up, or if, you, if you, something moves your heart, just wave your hand and catch Eric's, Eric's
2: eye. Yes, we have someone I think who's brand new named Heine or Hina. Go ahead if you're ready.
5: Thank you. Thank you, Eric. I'm uh, so overwhelmed. I I don't know what to speak. Yesterday also, I wanted to raise my hand and uh, say about a few things like we've been studying a course in miracles past almost two years with uh, uh, Dr. Deval, Nishank, and Anand. And past two years have been a life-changing experience for me i did my life coaching i'm a certified financial planner and i did my holistic life coaching and uh, two months or three months back me and my friend Nirzari, who is also here uh, we were we just met and we were just discussing about because we have been listening to david you uh, since last almost one year and We were so excited and we read about uh, the book, Quantum Forgiveness and the Movie Girls website. And we thought that it's a beautiful way to spread the work and how can we start this? And then, uh, I mean, nothing happened, but all of a sudden Corona came and we started thinking about it and we started reading and watching movie just as per the book we studied the book completely and then we thought we will launch this uh, in our indian family spiritual family and let's see what happened but we were con- uh, past i think 15 days we were evaluating uh, our readiness that we are not ready we are not ready let's let's do something more let's do something more but yesterday I felt this is a call when the guidance has already come. We were guided to launch this uh, movie club to spread the work, to spread quantum forgiveness, to spread A Course in Miracles. There'll be a way, and we will definitely be able to do this. And we are here in Songs of Prayer, and I'm so happy, I'm so glad. And we seek your blessings. I would ask Nejeri also. Eric, if you could please uh, unmute Nejeri also.
2: Okay, I'll just check with David. Does that sound good? Yes, yes.
0: That's beautiful.
5: So Nejeri and me, we both of us are... Uh, seeking, uh, seeking your blessing, to <laughs> I don't know what to say, I'm,
6: I'm speechless, neither <laughs> you said. Yeah, so we are constantly questioning our readiness to do this, to take your work forward here in India. Uh, to spread whatever we have gained through your teachings. You know, I continuously keep listening to your videos and the divine providence is something that I recently experienced just a month back <laughs> when uh, my son has a has a particular disorder and he needs a particular formula to be... Uh, uh, imported from US, and uh, in the uh, in the situation of corona, it was very difficult to get it from US to India. And I completely, you know, at that time only your video of divine providence came into my my awareness, and I let it go. I I just completely surrendered that if it has had it has to come, it will come before I need it, and it actually manifested on time. Some 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 manifestation happened, and I mean I'm so much in all of your teachings and I really want to spread your work here in India. So we are just looking for some guidance from you.
0: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Both of you, thank you for for sharing what you did. Actually, yesterday morning when I woke up, I, I had a message, a rare message from a friend of mine in India, Tarana, and uh, I read her message, and I invited her to come on our uh, weekend, Song of Prayer weekend, and she did appear uh, yesterday. And uh, and she's been in acting and, uh, and done some singing and modeling and so forth. And we actually have a, a pretty good uh, network of, of people that are down there. Uh, uh, Tirana's in Mumbai, uh, Uh, My friend, Rachana is in Delhi. Um, And then um, I think there's there's others that we know that are spread out in different parts of India. But I think that could be part of it, is that you follow your heart and follow your inspirations and work with us, because we love to share it through the movies and the teachings in that way. Uh, Maybe we can work out a way where uh, both of you or a group of you could could participate with us in some way on our weekly uh, uh, movie gatherings. We're starting next Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, and is work out ways, even if it can be done live or even with a recorded version of it, um, for the group of you to watch uh, for if the time thing uh, is, is a bit difficult. And then... We'll go forth, but it's, for us it's all about the collaborations. We love the collaborations. We love seeing people take things and, and go with it. Like Berndt decided to make A Course in Miracles movie and that's the way that he is going to share these ideas with many people by making a movie. For yourselves, it, it can come in the form where you pray and you feel most inspired by it, but we're with you in these collaborations. And and I think it's a beautiful thing to use the movies because those are like the modern-day parables. People can relate to those. Actually, before uh, we had the movie yesterday, we had a little meeting of, of a group of us talking about online, talking about possible movies and the actor who starred in Slumdog Millionaire Uh, just passed away a few days ago, and he he came to me, he was very strong in my mind, and just hearing his name and seeing his face, recalled all of these beautiful lessons from Slumdog Millionaire, which teaches us that everything comes to us uh, that we need uh, in the awakening. That was a perfect example of how we don't have to figure out the future, we don't have to get all the means in line to to do the function, we just have to have the prayer in our heart, just like with the the formula arriving for your son, was, was beautiful, just perfect, without you, you just gave it over, you put it on the altar, you maybe watched the Divine Providence video, and then you said, okay. I give it over and then there it was. The, the formula showed up. Uh, despite the corona, despite whatever was going on in the world, there it was. It was, it was the answer to prayer. And I feel like that's what we're going to go forward with when we go forward with uh, your project. Now you've got the, the assurance from inside, the confirmation that oh, we are ready and uh, we will Join and we will take these steps now, and it will be so glorious. Uh, everything will will show up just absolutely perfectly. So thank you. We're all witnessing this together. That you're you're launching on this excited uh, journey with sharing the course and these beautiful movies and these beautiful teachings, and it will be a huge blessing for everybody. Thank you.
2: Okay. We've just got about five minutes left. So let me know if you want some more questions.
0: Oh yeah, please. There's there's hands up.
2: Okay. We've got, um, Robert in our co-living community raised his hand. So go ahead, Robert. Uh, Hi, David. Hi, Robert. Uh, Hi. Um, uh, First and foremost, I wanted to, uh, Thank you and express a lot of love uh, for the invite. Me being here in Kamas, it's just wonderful. Really, really grateful. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about cultivating desire and seeing this world in, you know, through loving eyes and stuff. And, you know, it sounds wonderful, but it's, it's confusing to me still. Um, it, it, it's you know. I, I hear you talk about. I mean, the, you say that the course, the the world is made in hate, and you know, don't be fooled by all the good things. I mean, you know, all the flowers and puppy dogs and stuff—they're all they're they're made in hate, and all these things. And then you say that the world is all about love, and I guess you know, seeing it through loving eyes. You know, I mean, it, it's all mine, it's all my mind, but, you know, if there's parts about the mind that I'm tempted to judge as being unworthy or something, and it's just kind of confusing to me, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I where I'm going with this, but maybe you could just, the, the way I see it is, you know, when you talk about getting that guidance, you know, when you're flying down the water slide, you know, that would that would make everything lot easier I could just be carried through this world but you know I haven't uh haven't achieved that yet I haven't gotten the guidance I mean not like that anyway and so I'm just thinking you know maybe I should just I don't know just maybe just let it all go I mean you know I, I'm, I can admit that I'm pretty clueless about stuff um right now at least I'm fairly carefree and You know, it feels like I've been cared for my whole life in some way or another. But, you know, I'm just thinking maybe I'm just trying to think about this stuff too much. Like when I see something going on in the world or I think about it that I'm tempted to judge, you know, I kind of get lost between, okay, now what's the, like, what are the boundaries between metaphysical ghosting and do I need to be with this experience and, you know, or do I just... Am I making it real now? Do I just need to keep the, uh, you know, keep the light attitude? This isn't real. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just wondering, it it feels kind of like I'm stuck in kind of like this egoic, analytical, trying to make sense, you know, what is the mathematical formula of how these metaphysics look in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if you could maybe just, give me another way of looking at this. I mean, you've talked this whole uh, session about it. (laughs) Forgive me if I'm asking you to repeat stuff, but, you know, maybe just, I don't know, just put it in a way that just clicks better with me or just, you know, whatever, whatever insights you have, I appreciate.
0: Okay, thank you, Robert. Well, first of all, I just want to address too that you... I remember you had written to me and written to me a number of times and and you were just pouring your heart out just saying, you know, it's, do you think there's a chance in this lifetime that I will be able to come and live in community? And and I was just being in prayer, I'd say perhaps, and this and this, but it was a very gleeful moment when Jesus was like, Right to Robert, it is time now, and you, you know, this is what you were saying. This is the only thing left on your bucket list, is coming in here. So thank you for saying yes, and thank you for your willingness and your desire and acting upon the calling of your heart. I was so happy to 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 welcome you. And second of all, there's there's actually a workbook lesson in a Course in Miracles. Uh, that is, has the idea in it, only an instant does this world endure. And I have a friend of mine, Alisa uh, Amor, who has this uh, beautiful CD with all these course workbook lessons that she has this amazing spectacular voice. But of all the, the lessons that she's recorded in this album, her name is Elisa Moore, she had recorded this one only an instant does this world endure and it's got it's got thunder in it and it's got rain and, and if you go to the workbook and you read that lesson it's one of the most intense workbook lessons in, in A Course in Miracles because basically it's saying that that this thought that only an instant does this world endure, you know, is the same thought that says that death and sorrow are the certain lot of all those who come here. It's almost like, I was like, when I was reading that for the first time, death and sorrow are the certain lot, the certain destiny of all those who come here. In other words, everyone who comes to time and space uh, has, has had a death wish. Maybe they thought they were off for an adventure. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe they thought that uh, they could make up an identity apart from God. Maybe they thought they could make something to take the place of divine love and, and beyond the samadhi experience. But it's also the thought that you can turn that will take you all the way back to heaven. Because only an instant does this world endure is basically saying that underneath the giant time-space cosmos of of millennium, of, of black holes, of galaxies, of vastness, even to human beings, they would say the the cosmos keeps being discovered to be more vast than it was known by science, that underneath that entire mask of time and space, I call it the cosmic fig leaf, if you peer under the cosmic fig leaf you will find two instants. One, Jesus calls the holy instant, and he's calling us into that. That's the present moment. And then he has this thing that he calls the unholy instant. And that's where the certain lot of all those who come here is death. That all of the roadways of the world lead to death. That's another line from the Course. All of the roadways of the world lead to death. Men have died upon seeing this. So that particular workbook lesson is taking you, and it's just an invitation, and it's calling to your mind, and this, Jesus is like saying, come, come to me, come toward the holy instant. And there's going to be so many emotions that will come to the surface, and, and it's, a, it's okay when you are aware of things that seem to be in the world, when you're aware of things that are coming to your awareness, and you feel these emotions, maybe some, some sadness or some anger, maybe you see something that brings up some anger or some sadness. You're to welcome those emotions up because all you're doing when you welcome those emotions into awareness is you're saying I'm coming Jesus, I'm coming down to those two instants. One instant is the entire world. The entire, the entire cosmos exists in a little tiny gap in the mind that's called the unholy instant. So everything that you perceive about this world is all contained in that one instant. Just like sometimes people would ask me questions like, how many angels, David, will fit onto the head of a pin? (laughs) How many many angels fit onto the head of a pin? Okay, I said, well forget about the angels on the pin. What if the whole cosmos was contained in a tiny little gap in your mind and that gap has already been healed by the holy instant. This blazing light that Jesus represents, that this blazing light in the mind, has already handled the gap. That's why Jesus says this world was over long ago. Because he knows that the entire cosmos and the entire world that he seemed to believe in, too, that's why he's a good way-shower, he seemed to believe in that little gap too, and then suddenly, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit showed him the Holy Instant and took him into the Holy Instant. And and Jesus realized, oh my gosh, it was none of it was ever real. The the atonement is the awareness that the separation never happened. But while you still believe it, you will feel the emotions of the ego, because while you still have that tiny, tiny little tiny, mad idea, and that tiny, tiny little gap. It's not really big at all, it's just the tiniest thing. But, you're going through lessons of allowing those emotions up so you can be instructed by Jesus to overlook that little gap. And, overlook means to forgive it. And you, it, not only can you do that, but you have to, it's your destiny. You've got the Holy Spirit with you, you've got the the magnificent Holy Spirit, who is the correction for that error and it's already happened, so you're just going towards that light. So just thank you for your willingness, but if you really want to really investigate what I've just talked about, go do your search on, on in A Course in Miracles now and, and go for the words, you know, uh, only an instant does this world endure and that will take you diving into that lesson. And then if you're still not relating to it, if you're kind of feeling really like hazy and foggy with it, I would go online and I would get uh, Elisa Amores, A-L-I-S-A and her last name's A-M-O-R Download her uh, her uh, album. It's got an infinity sign on the side. Like, turn to the side. It's the kind of stars and night sky and an infinity sign, and I think it's through every heartbeat, or in every heart, in every heartbeat, I think is the name of the album, and then listen to that song. I have played that song over and over and over because that's an intense song. She's bringing in the thunder. She's bringing in the rain, and, and then You take a journey when you go through that song, it's like going into your mind. I mean at the beginning of that song, it's almost like her voice is like piercing. This is the thought in which, you know, you start to see that that death and sorrow is the certain lot of all who come here. You know, it's like you're in Dante's Inferno. She's like taking you right down to the holy, to the unholy instant, with her song, and then she pulls out. Oh, at the end of the song, she's zooming towards the holy instant, toward the angels, uh, because because then you're you're being zoomed into the holy instant to make that decision for eternity. You and that's how the song ends. You know, she, her voice just merges with the angels as she starts to sing. Uh, about eternity as the option. That's she's really giving voice with her powerful voice to to eternity. She's taking you right there. And I think for some people this is so pushed out of awareness that none of us in, who have believed in time and space were were aware of the unholy instant and the holy instant. You know, this was not in my Sunday school class. This was not in your atheist upbringing you weren't being told that the whole cosmos could be boiled down to to two instants and one of them and, and is is over that that only an instant does this world endure to me it's one of the most joyful experiences to go through that and come out the other end and you stay in the glee as soon as you start to really embrace that holy instant then you start to feel like you're lifted up into the most glorious state of mind that has always been there. So that's that's what I'm going to offer you, Robert. Uh, you've got your assignment for the day with all your co-living friends there too. Uh, maybe you all could go through that song as a meditation and uh, I hope it works just for you, for you like it worked for me. Because I was like, I was in there sweating <laughs> at the beginning of the song, but oh, it was glorious as I came through. That's what all the mind training's for. <laughs> well, our time is you know this—it's hard to believe that it's two—it's two, it's been over two hours, which are hard to even believe it. Yeah. I think I've been enraptured here with all of you. <laughs> so, what do you feel? You feel how you feel? We're getting to. Winding down here?
1: Sure, we can (laughs) we can wind down and um, yeah, and also just want to thank you for joining us. And also, it seems like we're having like a movie theme coming strongly. Even our Indian friends are hearing the same thing. That feels very joyful. And we're having a, a movie weekly gathering starting on Wednesday, I think the coming Wednesday. And, um, yeah, and also I think in three weeks' time we have another retreat, a weekend retreat like this, but it's going to be um, around the documentary movie Take Me Home. So that would be a wonderful time for us to come together as well, especially if you haven't been seeing the movie because it is, it is a documentary that we did um just to showcase that relationships can be used in such a, as a powerful way to to heal whatever that is in between us and and God. So that is also a beautiful way for us to connect.
3: Um. Yeah,
0: some of you who are new may not know that that the movie Francis is mentioning, Take Me Home, it's very close to her heart because. Uh, was it five or six years ago, she actually had like a premonition, a little bit of a vision that she would make a movie even though she's not a movie maker. And that uh, she kept asking, you know, when, how will I know and when, you know, I'll just tell you, you don't even have to think about it. It's The movie's already done. Talk about uh, Slumdog Millionaire and the script is written. Jesus has said, no, the movie's already done, but you know, you, there'll be a whole film crew that will show up and everything that you need to make this movie will show up. So, so actually, aside from it being a very powerful teaching tool, showing the witness of how to use relationships for exposure and for healing, it's also like a miracle in the sense that it, it just came from listening and following guidance. This is an example like we were talking, I was mentioning for Sema that new roles would come in Frances went from, you know, being a business owner, she had her financial planning business, she, had, she was married, she had a couple houses, she had all these things were part of her life and then when she made the space in her mind and consciousness for whatever else was to come in, um, literally making a movie was one of those uh, things that came in. Just like for Bernt, uh, Bernt's making a movie you know, Burns has been working on projects. This is how the awakening occurs where you allow those skills and abilities that you've developed in an egoic sense to be used by the spirit to unwind your mind from the ego. And that's really why we watch movies. On these Wednesday uh, movies we have coming up, um, we, will, we will pray on a movie, we will ask that the movie be shown and given to us and then we will share it among our community, our co-living community and then there's opportunities for anyone really around the world that wants to show up to uh, to watch the movie whether it's in Europe, in that time zone or it's over here but also the replay uh, even if you're uh, in a place where it's a very odd hour for you with your daily schedule we will have the movie available as well for the whole movie gathering and discussion to be available.
1: Yeah, I think it is truly like uh, in itself is a way of living that that is okay. just to tune in, to give your mind over to something so vast and so uplifting and do not you do not have to look down to worry about the little things that bog it down. Like, give your mind over. And just yesterday, when we were watching that movie, I was talking with David, the guy who wrote the script, who did the narration, who did the music, who did the editing, who did the picture. Freckles. He, yeah, freckles, everything. He did it all. And I'm sure he is not doing it out of a work. He did not do it because he has to. He has to play a role. Someone else told him. It's completely by giving your mind over to something else and this is the calling. And then just allow the things to flow through. And I feel like um, Take Me Home is is done in that way, not just through one person, but a group of people who basically said, let's all do it together and see what skills got channeled, what product got un- unfolding, and what is going to be healed through that coming together. So that is that. but. The movie gathering that we are going to do every week and the retreat here, it's like every single thing that comes our way is completely done with that intention. Let's just completely tune in to only the highest, only the most joyful and most inspiring, and then give our life and our time to that, and let whatever unfold in front of our eyes to teach us. To teach us who we are, to teach us what life truly is, and who is behind the veil, we don't need to teach that. We don't need to tell that. But this is, this is what we're inviting you to join us. Truly, yes, yeah, it's very yeah. inspiring.
0: And some of you, maybe this uh, watching Samadhi together this weekend—that was maybe the first time you've even watched an online movie together. The our, the retreat and the weekly movie gatherings will involve discussion, we will have interactivity, we will do what we've been doing this whole weekend with, with, with the movies. Um, for some of you who are really new to it and you may think, wow, have you done this with other movies? Many, many movies. We have our website mwge.org for the Movie Watchers Guide to Enlightenment. We've had that for years we had the booklet that i mentioned the product <laughs> the first product to come out in in australia but actually if you if you just googled david hofmeister movies or david hofmeister movie commentary if you just google that you'll you'll see lots of speakers you'll see i think there are even um, what was it, like a livingmiraclestv.org? There's actually some sites that have uh, me doing movie commentary where you can go to the site and one of them was like Avalon. Um, I took a, a, a George Harrison movie. Remember George Harrison from The Beatles? Uh, there's There was a movie that he did Living. called Living in the Material World. And so I did a whole movie showing and commentary there from Camus. And that's still on the web at a number of movies. Uh, Solaris, I think, might be in there and so forth. But if you if you want to even listen to some of the commentaries, there are, a lot of them are on Spreaker. And um, I have had over the years people, there was an elderly couple one time that watched The Matrix with me. I was somewhere traveling and I said, hey, you want to watch a movie together? And they were probably in their mid-seventies or something. and they watched The Matrix with me, and, and the woman with white hair, she said, Oh, young man, if you hadn't been here telling me what was going on with that movie, I would have never understood what was going on. I'd have probably turned the movie off uh, with all that violence in there. And I've had other people tell me with certain Star Trek episodes, uh, uh, different ones, they just said, Oh. I would have never picked that, I would have never thought you could find any spiritual meaning or anything redeeming about some of these episodes. And that's the fun of it, you know. We we sometimes will watch a movie, a, a black mirror movie or, you know, Conference. it's one of those, you saw one nosedive, yeah, you said recently. for the first time.
1: It's amazing. And
0: uh, there are amazing episodes, amazing movies that with the holy spirit coming through and the commentary it just takes you off into higher and higher states of mind i always th- tell the story when i was in caracas venezuela i was i think i was showing the movie eternal sunshine of the spotless mind with with jim carrey and a woman there who'd been studying the course for 14 years she sprung into a mystical experience for the first time in her life uh, during my commentary and during the movie and just had tears just streaming down her face, streaming down her cheeks and looking at me with these big eyes in Caracas saying, God is real! Oh my God, I experienced God for the first time in my life. That's going to change my practice with the Course in Miracles with that one experience. And so for us the reason we're offering these weekly movie gatherings is because we love them so much it's really we're doing it all for ourselves it's we're doing it in a very selfish christish reason motive we have a christish reason for for showing these movies every week because we are feeling lifted up we are feeling transported we are having fun Uh, And we want to share our fun and depth and let the wisdom pour through, you know, for ourselves, basically. We're just, uh, it's our mind giving to it what it wants to receive. So that's that. And also, why we do these uh, Take Me Home weekends. We'll do one in May, the 22nd to the 24th, and then we actually are going to do a Spanish one. We'll have We'll have, on Zoom, we'll do it interactive with English and the Espanol back and forth, and that's coming up in May. June.
1: June? 19.
0: June 19th. June 19th. Good, we have all the people here to remind us. We have the right month the right date. It's a collaborative effort for the clueless ones. But, so yeah, that, that'll be a lot of fun, too. And some people may say, well, I don't speak Spanish come anyway you know well we're doing it in English and Spanish you maybe you learn some new Spanish words in there you know maybe you get to feel the passion of latin america and 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 you get to see see it from an angle that you never saw it or heard it from you know it's really like marina saying it's we're all it's all the same thing it just happens to be a different flavor a different language here or there but it's all the same Awakening, you know, so just uh, join in. Maybe you learn some Spanish words. Somebody actually followed a lot of my gatherings from all these different countries, you know, in Hungary and, and Poland and you know all the Sweden and the Scandinavian countries and everything and they said I started, at first I started to listen in and I, I was bothered by all these different languages. Of course, the ego made them all up, so it's not hard to see how you could get bothered by multiplicity. But then she started to say, it was so profound that I, started, I went from being bothered to attracted to it. And then she decided, I'm going to learn to speak other languages, not through these programs and apps, but through listening to your gatherings. <laughs> in all of these different translations. So she was like in there going through the internet and searching and listening to all and learning new languages through my commentaries or through what I was sharing at all these gatherings. I, that sounds like a lot of work for me, but I, I mean that for her, that was what she, she was happy doing that. She was learning new languages and learning with a content that was important to her. And Marina sometimes says, when I'm talking, she's got her internal translator going, translating it into Spanish, just for the fun of it. And and we want you to encourage to go on this inward journey just for the fun of it. Don't make it so serious, don't be so harsh on yourself, don't berate yourself and berate your, your resistances and everything. Don't do that. Have, go for the fun go for the joy do things that where you feel very lighthearted where you feel like it's it's melted butter pouring into you that it's so delicious and so soft and and then you'll start to relax about the spiritual journey and you won't you won't take it serious in fact i have a friend alan dalat at the bottom of his email what do they call it it's his signature on his emails he says his is seriousness causes reincarnation. <laughs> because the whole problem of time and space is you forgot to laugh, so seriousness causes reincarnation. So if you want to keep playing this out and doing the Groundhog Day thing over and over, then just be serious. And if you really want to get have some fun with us and really blast off from these old ideas of time and space, and repeating the same unholy instant over and over for years and years and centuries, and oh, I was Cleopatra in the past life, and oh, you were Cleopatra, well, I was Julius Caesar, and you know, that's not fascinating, that's not even fun uh, to pretend that you're different characters and everything, when you're the mind that dreamed all the characters, and you can you can laugh at all the characters and everything, even uh, War of the Worlds turns into a comedy when you're the dreamer of the dream. You can even watch Titanic at the very end when Leonardo's lips, you know, his, his face is a little frosty and his hair is getting a little frosty and he's hanging in there and his lips are turning blue. You can even laugh at that scene if you're the dreamer of the dream. But if you're identified with a character, then those blue lips you're just, your heart, even you're going to need Celine to come in there and tell you your heart goes on and on because when Leonardo and his blue lips go under, you know, you're just, you're going to be like, oh, damn. What an ending to a love relationship, you know, the blue lips and, you know. But you have to come to the lightness. The best part of the movie for me was when she takes this big diamond. Now there's some net worth, as the world calls it, and she, oops. She whoops it just slipped out. whoops there goes that multi million dollar diamond going down. That's probably one of my one of the most enjoyable scenes in the movie. It depends on who i'm watching with it. I'm sitting next to somebody, and somebody's like, "Damn, don't let that big diamond go down to the bottom of the ocean. It's worthless in the bottom of the ocean. It was worthless at the top of the ocean too. that's why. It's such a great scene when she throws it away, you know, she just, whoops, she, it just slips out. That's, there goes the inheritance, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how the world sees it, like, damn, there goes a, that would have been a great inheritance. And to us, who are letting go of the things of the world, we're just rejoicing that she threw the, she threw the big diamond, uh, what's it called, heart of the, heart ocean? Of the ocean? Heart of the ocean. She threw the heart of the ocean in the ocean. Okay, well we love you, thank you for joining us, and we always look forward to seeing your smiling faces, and your waving hands, and your hearts, and we send our heart out to your heart. We love you. Diana, <laughs> I love, it. Deanna, I love your, your heart, your expanding heart. <laughs> Beautiful. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you.